0: to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can get What up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 357 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith,
1: and I'm joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, Vince? What up, Ken? Don't let him tell you promoting is dead, my friend, as uh, boxing fans have had the wool pulled over their eyes back-to-back weeks, and yeah, we thought we were getting wars, and we actually got fucking demo jobs.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't Joe Smith swinging the sledgehammer. No, it was not. <laughs> Oh, absolute beatdowns! You know, look, the odds said that this was going to happen. Yes, yes, they did very clearly. Yes, very, very clearly. But there is a lot of love and admiration for Joe Smith Jr. (laughs) in boxing. You know, I I don't. It's it's odd, dude. It's really odd. The guy bought a fucking wood chipper, and people fell in love with him. (laughs) You know, he wears hard hats and he wears the same fucking neon yellow PPE that all of us wear to our fucking job site. So
1: it's like, hey, man, the guy dressed is just like me. (laughs) Yeah, Ken, well, at the end of the day, when you're white, you're white. (laughs) Yeah, well,
0: Artur Baturbiev looked pretty damn white. (laughs) 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 And, uh, (laughs) but uh, he is Chechen. And, uh, you know, we saw at the beginning of the Russia invasion of the Ukraine when they were like, oh, they hired fucking mercenaries from Chechnya and they all look like these super murderous, fucking henchmen villains you know yep that's exactly what we got in the ring last night dude he is precise he is frothing at the mouth for fucking kills in there I mean this guy just he literally has knocked out every opponent he's been in the ring with and guess what it's not Edgar Berlanga or Deontay Wilder
1: (laughs) no it's not (laughs) and the guy could not be more soft spoken out of the ring it's like How that guy turns into that guy, I don't fucking know.
0: I don't know. I just keep looking at this picture sitting right across from us as uh, Baterbiev looks like he's folding up his lawn chair for the day. (laughs) He's out on the shore, um, and that very fair skin (laughs) took a beating from the sun today. So he's going to fold up his lawn chair, he's going to get the sand out of his crotchal region, and he's going to fucking head home and eat a steak. Have himself a homemade daiquiri and hit the hay, huh? I swear, man. It's like... It, it it it's come full circle for Joe Smith. It went from him knocking Bernard Hopkins out of the ring to Artur Beterbiev folding him up like a Tommy Bahama chair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dude, you we easily fooled boxing fans on what like the rise of Joe Smith and all of this stuff, man. It's funny, smoke and mirrors. And and
0: look, man, I, I give Tim Bradley respect. He slowly and subtly throughout the evening laid the groundwork for the transition from what was his fucking Joe Smith <laughs> delusion that he was trapped in, you know? Oh, he's the best at 175 pounds? Uh, I don't think
1: so. Yeah, probably not even close. I've been listening to too many of them Kriegel haikus free fight <laughs> <laughs> That guy, man. Again, again, last night, like top rank. Figure it out guys. Jesus Christ, man. We don't need to hear these guys go on and on and on and on and on. Fuck, man. I mean, if they're gonna, if it takes Mark Kriegel so long to piece together two
0: words in a sentence, can we at least get in, like, fucking wearing a turtleneck and, like, knitting a scarf in between words? Some dramatic background music? Make a fucking, like, a goose out of origami. You (laughs) know what I mean? Like, do something that even takes that a boom. Uh, Can we at least get him, like, fucking, like, I don't know, painting a caricature of himself talking in slow motion? Oh, it's so brutal, man. So brutal. (laughs) I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, Artur Buterbiev sent another statement, and we could be on collision course, For another perfect matchup. It's like once boxing ran out of money to pay everybody and then they gave the rest to Canelo Alvarez. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, guys, we're going to have to fight each other if we want to even feed our kids anymore. (laughs) Thanks, Canelo. (laughs) Yeah, appreciate it, buddy. A bit of a fight preview and some news and notes. And we're out of here because we're going to take a bit of a vacation. We did promise you a pound for pound list. You may or may not get it. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see how this show goes. This is the old pump and dump episode here. Here it is. Here it comes, folks. Here it comes. (laughs) Make sure you got a full roll of toilet paper. (laughs) You're going to need it. Welcome to episode 357 of the Boxing Ramp podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, check us out. Anywhere audio podcasts are available Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can rate and review. We appreciate that. And check out the full video version of the Boxing Rant Podcast on our YouTube channel. Support the show, patreon.com backslash Boxing Rant and follow us on Twitter at Vince Cummings 81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. All right, Ben, New York, New York. The Hulu Theater has played hosts to so some pretty big fights over the years. And Artur Baturbiev versus Joe Smith would be no different. Uh, they got the the tips glistening a little bit with that crowd in there. And thanks to Shushu Carrington and hi, and his crew that came in there, and then the support for Joe Smith, and then the support for Baturbiev, it felt like even through the
1: fucking TV that there was something big coming. Yeah, unfortunately... Uh... <laughs> It was in the form of a destruction by the guy that they were chanting for pre-fight. I mean, look, it's one of those things. And I think in boxing, you know, and and the schedule kind of everybody's eyes lit up at this fight and and just the schedule and boxing overall, just because they're good matchups on paper. But I think sometimes we get fooled by this shit where it's like, you know, we kind of knew coming in here. I mean, you're talking about the, the pedigree and overall just absolute fucking animal that Arthur Baterbiev is against a guy that, in Joe Smith that is just a raw fighter with power, who's tough, who does it with grit. It's all wrong for, for him to step into this fight with Baterbiev. I mean, you saw when the bell rung and he goes right at him. I'm like, that's got fucking balls of diamonds here, but I don't know if that's the right fucking move. And Baterbiev's just throwing these short precise they don't look like hard shots but this guy must have the hardest fucking fist known to man because you could see it right away when joe smith got caught he was like well that's fucking different what what the fuck was that some of the shit that joe smith was doing I, and i know he's in the ring against a big scary fucking guy in biturbia he got touched up something that he's never dealt with before but he looked off balance he looked awkward the shots he were throwing were did like some Hail Mary overhand rights. Some weird lunging in left hooks from out of range. He kind of walked in the shots. He made it look fucking easy, really, for Beterbiev. And way easier than I even thought it was going to be. I did not expect a close fight. I expected the toughness of Joe Smith to carry him into maybe the second half of the fight. But I expected what we got, you know, eventually to happen. I did not expect it in two rounds. I'm going to say it right now. Said it about Inouye a couple weeks ago. I'll say it about Baterbiev now. Those two guys have separated themselves as far as being destructive fighters against the other best guys in their divisions. They're not playing games with them. They're getting them the fuck out of there. It's special to watch, man. And and Beturbiev's 37. I know he's not in his physical prime at 37, but goddamn if it doesn't look like it. I mean, nobody else is beating him. And And when you don't have the mileage. I mean, he's got no mileage. He's taken really no beatings. He's been in a couple semi-tougher fights. I know he got dropped by Jeff Page once, and he got dropped by Callum Johnson, and we brought that up talking about it in the preview, but those weren't really tough fights that for him. He fucking got up off the canvas and absolutely destroyed those guys very quickly afterwards. He's just different, man. Him and Inouye have separated themselves for me as far as guys that just do absolute demo jobs in the ring.
0: You know, I saw a lot of people out there going, oh, I think Joe Smith had the right idea. It just didn't work out. And I'm like, no, that was exactly the wrong idea because Joe Smith, when he throws that jab, I get the idea he's trying to work his way in, but Baterbiev is knowing that by the time he throws that jab, I take one step forward with a shorter punch and it's it. He was inside of that jab from the very beginning. From the very beginning, it was a horrible strategy. (laughs) Look, I get the idea that you have to be aggressive with Baturbiev, Mm -hmm. but you cannot come in in straight lines. You have to be fucking cagey. You you have to be cagey. Lower your fucking head. Get in there with your shoulders and bang. And he didn't. He ran straight in. He was like, here I come with my Thunderbolt (laughs) jack. It it didn't work out for Joe Smith. I, I never really thought he had a chance. I, I like you, Vin. I thought it was going to last a lot longer than it actually did. Um, but Beterbiev was there to make a statement. You know, the only criticism the guy got in the lead up to the fight was about him getting dropped by the Jeff Pages
1: of the world and that he is a slow starter, right? I'm guessing in those fights, Ken, against Jeff Page and Callum Johnson, Arthur Beterbiev walked into the ring and was like, what, What? what I got to worry about something here? Yeah. I mean, uh, okay, punch me. I don't give a fuck. Like, who are you, guy? Yeah. Uh, it's just, what does he? What does he got? Anything to worry about? From it? he knows what type of fighter he is and what type of fighter those guys are, and they stand no fucking chance. I get frustrated when
0: people put a guy like Joe Smith up there in the conversation. It's like, oh, this guy has a fucking Golovkin chin. Never been dropped, amateurs or pros. He's got. He's got. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking to myself. Oh, this is this is gonna be a tough one. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yes. This is
1: going to be a tough one. I mean, dude, Paterbia was literally minus three hundred on props to win by knockout. I there's, I mean, maybe in some Deontay Wilder fights back in the day when he was fighting Stavern the second time, maybe that was the case. Yeah, but you don't get that, man. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I guess Top Rank promoted it well because people bought into this one being a war. I'm so glad. We did not waste our time going to New York for this fight. Oh, that would have been a horrible turnaround. Yeah. Point, I mean at the end of this you went, oh, I mean, we thought this was going to be fun, but at the end of the day, shouldn't we have all known that this was pretty pointless? Like you're talking about a a pedigree and a, and a and a monster in Paterbium and Joe Smith is just kind of a cool story. I'm 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 more glad that we didn't go up there uh so we didn't
0: get trapped in Jimmy's corner. You know, <laughs> I, everybody like, talks about how fucking great that place is, and every time I've been there, I count the number of pint glasses sitting on the lone toilet in that stinky, stale bathroom. That's Dude, I like look at the pint glasses and see like, which one is filled to the brim, and even you can kind of guess on what they've been eating during the day by the fucking foam. That's all on top of it,
1: you know? <laughs> Mixed with their favorite lager of the day. <laughs> Ugh,
0: that fucking place, man, gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah.
1: I, I experienced it once. I wouldn't say it's a place you need
0: to frequent. <laughs> no. No, I'd rather go down on Washington Street in Hagerstown, Maryland.
1: Well, <laughs> that's a 50-50 fight there. <laughs> All right, Vin, you got anything more on this big fight? What else is there to say here? Like, we should have known. Everybody should have known. I mean, I kind of knew this was going to happen. I did not expect it to be as fucking bad as it was. I mean, that it just was like, yeah, that was pointless. (laughs) Yeah, so now for Artur Baturbiev,
0: the the lone wolf out there for him at 175 pounds would be Dimitri
1: Beeble. Except uh, Bob wants to take him over to the UK, Ken. Got to milk those UK fans. Well, he does owe Frank Warren a few handjobs. jobs. (laughs) And so
0: I think the Anthony yard one may come at the behest of, Hey, you're doing business with us. We got to get this formality out of the way before B ball next
1: year. At this point, if you're a UK fan, how many times are you going to fall for the Eastern European guy showing up in your country to do a fuck, to do an absolute job on your boy and you pay for it. Yeah. Like, I mean, Usyk Loma. Now you're going to have Baterbiev. Crawford came over there and did it. Spence did it. Triple G did it. You guys just pay to see your your legends get their fucking shit pushed in. It cracks me up. It literally cracks me up. And the the pride, and and they still think it's going to happen. This time, their guy's going to do it, Ken. It is Pride Month. (laughs) And uh, if you have
0: seen that Postmates commercial we were talking about, those guys eat a lot of beans and toast over there. Good luck. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds like a horrible diet. Do they at least fucking
1: blend up the beans and some chicken broth first. No, to me it looks like they dump a can of cold beans on top of white toast and they call it fucking breakfast. Who is they? The, the, the fucking English. Oh, the English. <laughs> I thought we were
0: talking. I thought we were talking about fucking Chris Eubank Sr.'s <laughs> nightclub he hangs out at. <laughs> I was still thinking of that Postmates commercial.
1: <laughs> you were talking about fibrous food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about it. That, that type of activity over there, you're going to pay the price. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the Khan's and the Kelbrooks Brooks of the world have paid the price. <laughs> oh, I would imagine they <laughs> they subscribe to that diet, too. <laughs>
1: Kelbrooks Brooks talking about chocolate brownies
0: all the time. That's... hey man there's nothing wrong with chocolate brownies i get them giardelli (laughs) johns
1: i think he's talking about a different chocolate
0: brownie (laughs) how quickly things change though i mean it was just six years ago that everybody in britain was a fucking world champion
1: yeah yeah now they're just uh, (laughs) a i don't even know it's like uh it's kind of like minor league boxing over there there now isn't it? It,
0: it, it has transitioned to that it's, <laughs> it's very really domestically is. based you know what was funny to me is right as as soon as the questions like being asked of Artur Beterbiev on who he wants to fight next the camera goes up to Anthony Yard and I'm like why isn't he sitting ringside this motherfucker's like up at the exit you know what I mean <laughs> and the look on his face like he didn't have a look of a guy that was getting ready to run in the ring and confront Beterbiev. he had this look in his eye he was like I hope he saved Beval."
1: <laughs> I hope he don't say me. But he, did, he did say, to, to Baturbiev's credit, he did say <laughs> b uh, If there is a, a bigger waste of time, I mean, do we need to, like, wait six months to then have Baturbiev go to the UK and knock out Anthony Yard in three rounds? Like, do we need to see that? I think Anthony Yard is just brave enough to do it, oh. you know? He might be. I don't God, know. God bless you, sir. Yeah. God bless you.
0: Yeah, I I don't think at this point um, anything at 175 pounds really scares me for Baterbiev except the master boxer. We got two really good boxers at 175 Mm -hmm. pounds in Gilberto Ramirez and Dimitri Bivol. These guys are boxers. Yes. Right. I would love to see. I know Baturbiev woke up this morning with a fucking wild hair stuck up his ass and and talking about how he's going to heavyweight next, but uh eventually. I, eventually, eventually. eventually. I want to see either I want to see the Beval fight. I think that yeah. But I've, a Gilberto fight would be interesting.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I you know, I wonder if we get a Gilberto uh, Beval fight before we get uh Baturbiev in the ring with either one well, of then, them. Well,
0: then perfect. Perfect.
1: Go to the UK,
0: eat some beans and toast. <laughs> you know? Take care of uh, lions only in the camp, there, Mister y- Yard. Yeah, because if hey, listen, Arthur, if you if you got a contract with Bob Frank, getting some ends on that, he got oh. he got points. <laughs> All right, so you gonna go over there and do that work? Yes, you are, son. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's options out there. Hopefully, Baturbeev doesn't uh, get stagnant. No, Let's no, keep keep it moving, keep it moving. All right, quick fight preview: Vin. Bam Rodriguez versus Sarisakat Sor Rungvisai. Man, this thing kind of snuck up out of nowhere. You know, Sorong Vasai is one of these legendary characters in the super flyweight division. Mm-hmm. Uh, my man, he gets dressed up in battle armor every time he goes in there, but geez, he has been in fucking so many tough fights in so many wars. But right now in boxing, I mean, Bam Rodriguez for his age and for weight class, this guy is pound for pound, one of the scariest young guys in the sport. Um, and Sarisaket Sorong Vasai, I, I don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to, well, get folded up like a lawn chair. I'm expecting this to be really fucking exciting until Bam is just way too much for the old,
1: rugged Rungvisai. Yeah, this, this is the fight here where we should be more thinking about, oh, this could be a war. This could be a fucking just all-out war for six to eight rounds before somebody kind of hits a wall in this fight. Here's the thing with Rungvisai. He's 35 now. 35 years old. Like you said, he's been in some tough, tough fights. A couple tough – well, one tough fight with Chocolatito. The second one was not very tough. No, that was not. That was quick work. Uh, but a couple uh, a couple tough fights with Estrada, uh, a tough fight with Quadras. He's it's been through the ringer. And 35 years old, stepping into the ring with a guy like Bam Rodriguez, 22, one of the most offensively gifted fighters in boxing right now. And when we talk about these young fighters – he seems to be left out of the conversation and, get, and uh, because he's in the lower weight classes and you forget about it. But the way this guy moves around the target, very Lomachenko-esque. Uh, his footwork is out of this world. His, his his punch variation, his power, he does it all. It's special across the board. You think about the, the fighter that Rungvisai is, he's kind of very stationary, kind of plods forward. Now he's a fucking tank, and that left and right, the right hook and straight left are lethal. We're gonna find out a lot about Bam Rodriguez in the toughness category in this fight. But I think his skills will shine big time against the type of fighter that Rung is. You don't put your young fighter in with a guy like Rung Vasai if you're not very confident. His skill set is the skill set that is all wrong for Rung in the end. And I think that's what we're gonna see. We're gonna see a guy that's gonna struggle for a little bit and Rung is gonna get in his work and Hopefully we get to see Bam work through some adversity in early rounds, but he's going to fucking shine at some point, dude. He's going to unload combos on Rungvisai, and it's going to be a thing of beauty as he works around this guy that kind of sits there like, where's this fucking guy coming coming at me from? I- I'm not ready for this. I'm 35 fucking years old enough. Yeah, as long as he doesn't stay in front of Rungvisai, I-, yeah. I think
0: that the the result will be, uh, bam rodriguez by spectacular fashion even if it goes the distance and it's uh and it's a war yeah um i you know i can't really speak for what rung vasai has left in the tank all i know is that he's built like a guy um that can you know at least take a pounding for for a while bam rodriguez if he comes out here and dispatches of rung oh. in the first
1: half of the fight oh that will be
0: a statement that sends reverberations through the lower weight class.
1: The biggest statement any young fighter has made to date, outside of Tio beating uh, Lomachenko, is right up there with that.
0: Where Tio at? Oh, I, he
1: gone. I ain't got my fucking
0: Gandhi quote sign in the mail yet, young. <laughs> <laughs> Gandhi quote. Yeah. I, last time I saw Tio, he was had one of them big ass fucking. Chinese calligraphy brushes, you know what I mean? And he was fucking drawing
1: that shit in the sand. Home is where you make it. <laughs> okay. Home is where you make it. <laughs> Home is where you make it. You're right. You like to see homos naked? <laughs> what?
0: What? <laughs> All right. Moving on. Um, <laughs> in the co feature, Murjan Abdaliev versus Ronnie Rios, it's not often that a unified champion is in a co feature. No, no, it is not. <laughs> But things happen like this in the lower weight classes all the time. Look, Akh Makhdaliyev has one big fight ahead of him, and it's with Stephen Fulton, Yeah, right? That's, a, yep. that's the fight we want to see. Ronnie Rios at this point, I I don't know. Look, Akh biggest issue in the ring for me that I see is that he kind of gets distracted by his own greatness. Like... <laughs> Or at least the way that he he is very high
1: on himself. Let's just put it that way. I think he has like visions of Roy Jones dancing through his head. And it's like, hey, just be Akhmedaliev, buddy.
0: I don't know. I think he stands in front of the mirror and uses the same brand of lip gloss that Sergio does. <laughs> well, I compare him more to Sergio's technique. <laughs> <laughs> Hands down, glossy as hell. He is. He is. <laughs> Um, and look, that could spell uh, not trouble against Ronnie Rios. I don't think Ronnie Rios has what it takes to beat Ak even on a, on a bad day. Um, but what it can do and what I've seen in spurts with Ak which can get a little frustrating at times is he can get really fucking sloppy because he yeah. likes, likes to play with his food. He needs to come out and make a statement because Stephen Fulton although he does it in a different way Stephen Fulton has made a statement. Dude, you can talk about yourself all you want to. You can say Kazakh style a million fucking times. But you have to face me. Ronnie Rios isn't going to cut the cake, you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, Akmadali is probably looking at Stephen Fulton like why? I mean, you know I'm saying, he's like you fucking eat my leftovers and shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> so look, there is something there. I just don't think that maybe this is why it is a co-feature. Ronnie Rios doesn't stand a fucking chance in this fight. No,
1: Ronnie Rios is good enough uh, to he say <laughs> he's good enough to make it look interesting for a few rounds and then get beat.
0: Sounds like me in bed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Couple pumps and then good night. All right, thanks for coming, Ronnie. <laughs>
0: That's not my name. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think it's probably, I don't know, maybe 7th, 8th round knockout. Yeah, he'll make it to the second half of the fight. All right, Julio Cesar Martinez versus McWilliams Arroyo. Man, that is a fucking floppy mitt, <laughs> McWilliams Arroyo, at this point, isn't he? Another yeah. a, Another one of these UK fighters I'm, that has been turned inside out? I'm not so sure about Julio Cesar Martinez anymore either, to be
1: honest with you. What you don't you're, you're not about the whole like standing flat footed winging shots? No, he's dying his hair red. There's just all kinds of shit going on. here. I don't know. I don't know about this dude anymore. can uh, Chocolito I? fucked him up, man. Yeah, he did. Chocolito be doing that though. You know, <laughs> he rearranged his fucking brain. <laughs> he did. What I will say is, across the board, the zone has done a great job showcasing these lower weight classes, and this card, top to bottom, is going to be pretty much can't miss action fights. And Cesar Martinez Arroyo to start it off will could end up being honestly the best fight on the card as far as competitively, yeah. Uh, but it, it's going to be as far as boxing fans goes and a night of boxing that's can't miss from top to bottom.
0: Yeah, I mean it kind of writes itself,
1: and good thing too because Dzone seems to fuck everything else up. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're focusing on that and women's boxing, Ken. So I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna choose to focus on this. this, I think this aspect of it
0: isn't. Jessica McCaskill on this card?
1: Is she? Yeah, I'm pretty sure oh, she is. Uh, it wouldn't
0: surprise me. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> think, is it? I think it's great. Uh, yeah, maybe. Could be. Uh, I think it, it is. Uh, We're inclusive. Well, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I've, uh, everybody's been calling me. They've been using this word. It's called uh, based or based. Uh, based. Ah, that's it. Based.
1: <laughs> And then saying Ken is based, and I'm like, "What you mean, like based like a turkey?" Hey, I don't even know what that means. I've always heard it, and I'm like, "Yes, I guess they are based." Yes, in reality. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: Elon coming for all of y'all, young <laughs> Elon coming to get you. All right, then let's get to some news and notes and get out of here. Let's only take a second. Alexander Usyk versus Anthony Joshua is not happening at the end of July. <laughs> It's going to happen at the end of August now, August 20th, in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. That's where the rematch is going to be, and it'll be on August 20th. Now, the reason I... This is a little fishy to me, is because Joshua's on vacation in Mykonos, Greece. He's in the Greek Isles. Ah. Taking it in. Yes. Um, I'm wondering, is the fight being pushed back because they can't get him to return from Mykonos? Is, and another question would be, if that's not the case, is Robert Garcia with him in Mykonos? Or did he know knew all along, ah, I can just vacation until two months out. I'm not going to win this fucking fight anyways. <laughs> you know, I, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I, I see Usyk is in camp. And from some people, Usyk is having fucking mental breakdowns and crying alligator tears. And he's so afraid of the giant Joshua is coming to get him. I rewatched Joshua Usyk 1. Mm -hmm. Dude, let me just tell you, when he fucking pieces him up with those straight lefts in the first three rounds, it's over. Yeah. The end of the third round when he's got Joshua hurt, it's over. I'm sitting here watching this and I'm like, okay, so Robert Garcia is going to get him to come forward and Hulk and, uh, you know, he's going to make him this tough Mexican style fighter. After watching last night, it's further cemented in my brain. Usyk Joshua, too, is going to look a lot like Baterbia versus Joe Smith if Anthony Joshua decides to be the aggressor. If he decides to be the aggressor Mm -hmm. and he decides to come forward on Usyk, um,
1: the fight will be over in three rounds. I saw a picture of Usyk recently working out in camp. It looked a lot different than the Usyk I saw two months ago. It gives you a little better feel. Like, there's been rumblings of, oh, something's wrong at camp. He might not be looking well physically, mentally, whatever the case may be. The picture I saw recently told a different story. and I' kind I was starting to almost shift my thinking and, and stupidly, I think, and, and letting the, the, the business of boxing creep into my brain and starting to like, mm, maybe Joshua's got everything on his side, the, the decks stacking in his favor, you know, in Jeddah, Usak coming out of, uh, of the Ukraine and the war over there and the stress, the mental stress of that. Now it just took me like want seeing one picture and like my pain being eased with that. I don't know how to Joshua being in Greece. This whole thing, it's just like I Joshua's just a frail guy, man. And he's in Greece celebrating. You know why he's in Greece celebrating because he's being wined and dined still by Len Blavatnik of, of the zone, the guy who funds. The zone signing a deal, you know, all of his fights are going to be on pay per view on the zone now. What's he fucking got to worry about? Honestly, it doesn't matter if he loses this fight. No, his future's already set ahead of him. Financially, he's secure already. Right. He's got more waiting for him after this, no matter what. I don't think he really gives a fuck. I think Robert the Robert Garcia thing is smoke and mirrors to help sell this fight. If he was dumb enough to come in with that game plan, like you said, you're exactly right. And when I saw them announce Robert Garcia as the trainer, I went, look, you do have to, in some ways, be more aggressive. But don't get yourself killed here. Like, don't don't be stupid. And I think that's what's going to end up happening. I, I don't know, folks. I was I wanted to like see the business of boxing trying to hand it back to Anthony Joshua because he is the the guy that will drive heavyweight boxing from a financial perspective. But I don't think he has enough in the tank to like boxing may want him to do that and want him to be that guy. He's not going to do it against Usyk, man. It's just not going to fucking happen. No, they want to get back to fucking Eddie's stable of fucking 10 lost heavyweights. Yeah, I mean, he <laughs> could go back to the UK and he can fight all kinds of guys and yeah. and, and sell all kinds of tickets. He can fight Deontay Wilder. That's still a huge fight. Tyson Fury. Yes. All of those fights are still big. It's yeah. just like when Mike, look, I'm not trying to compare him to Mike Tyson, but we all knew Mike Tyson was done at the end. After Evander Holyfield beat him the second time, that was it. Mm-hmm. Even after he beat him the first time, we knew that that was no longer Mike Tyson, but he still fought Lewis. He still had four or five huge pay-per-view fights and you everybody still showed up. It'll be the same for Anthony Joshua. Yep. exactly the same. Yeah, and so it's a it's a good investment. When
0: they announced that deal, I, I hear everybody coming out saying they're like, "Oh, it's in it's in the writing now." They're trying to take it from Usyk, and I, I get that line of thinking. I really do because you know we saw what happened. It's so crooked like, ass boxing, man. Whether it's the business of boxing, well, I guess fucking shitty judges are part of the business of boxing. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, pay, paid. Legitimately, or 1099 to them. <laughs> <laughs> right? They're on Visa, Ken. Yeah, and Saudi Arabia, anything can happen. I think this is more about the money. I think that this is a fight that interests the people who are paying in Saudi Arabia. Yes. Okay? I think regionally the fight makes sense. And Eddie and AJ are smart enough. They made more money off of the rematch with Andy Ruiz either of them have ever made off of one single fight. Yeah. you know, And they didn't even have to have a 90,000-seat stadium to do it. They didn't need a gate for any of it. Just an erector set. Just an erector set and a bunch of fucking Saudi billionaires, you know what I mean? Unbelievable. That's man. all you need. So, yeah, you know, this fight, We look, we have a lot to talk about leading up to this. We've already had a special about this. You know, this is one of the big fights. Because, look, the storyline is if Anthony Joshua can come out here and do something to Usyk... Uh, I think it even catapults him further into the stratosphere of fucking exorbitant amounts of Scrooge
1: McDuck fucking money. You know what I mean? I, I, honestly, as far as the heavyweight division goes right now, yeah. These are the only two. Uh Tyson Fury's doing what Tyson Fury does. He's retired then. Of course. Wilder is feigned he's going wants to come back, but he's not there's nothing in the cards for him right now. This is it in heavyweight boxing right now.
0: You did forget Andy Ruiz has a, has a big fight that's going to be announced here any day.
1: Oh, yes, and that'll be a big one. <laughs> Sunday
0: pay-per-views, Ken. Yeah, I'm down with Sunday pay-per-views. Um, I think they should always involve the oldest and fattest and, slopp- <laughs> and sloppiest heavyweights. I'll,
1: t- <laughs> <laughs> the big, I'll tell you what the biggest thing I'll be looking for in, in this second fight is. And this is Joshua's second fight in Saudi Arabia. when <laughs> That Andy Ruiz rematch... It may have been the biggest boxing ring I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) I would expect to see a significantly smaller boxing ring this time. That'll be the first thing I look for where I say, ah, yes, AJ. The the A side with no belts, still pulling cards here. But I will
0: say this one thing in, in rewatching the fight this morning that I did notice and the announcers brought it up specifically while it was happening was, wow, AJ is just kind of standing in the middle of the ring, spinning on his back foot. Yeah. <laughs> and you could have an eight foot ring if that's how he's going to fight.
1: <laughs> I don't think it fucking matters. It really does. Put him in a sandbox.
0: It's over. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm with you, at least till this day. Right? Oh well, isn't that what the kids say till this day? Till this day. I'm not using it in the right context. No, so. I don't think so. Well, you know, I'll, I'll I'll say it though. You know, I need some new. I need some. I need some new slang. Hey, <laughs> anyway. Depending where you are, you can say fag and cunt, Ken. So it really doesn't matter. That's true. I did learn yesterday on the golf course that taking a sliver off the trunk with a chainsaw is called <laughs> removing a cunt hair. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that yesterday on the golf course. You learn a lot on a golf course. <laughs> you, you do. You, I'll just take off a cunt here. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, and one more thing. Roy Jones Jr. should not be allowed to. Uh, <laughs> not only should he not be allowed to box anymore, but, oh, that was the worst part about rewatching
1: that first fight was he was awful. I'll say this. I know people aren't going to like it. Roy Jones is one of the most overrated ringside commentators ever. Yeah. He's not that good.
0: No. <laughs> is, he really,
1: is he better than Mannix? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll take him over Mannix fucking every day. <laughs> Sergio Mora? Yes, every day.
0: Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Uh, last but not least, and we're out of here, Van, Edgar Berlanga has been suspended six months for trying to bite his opponent. Uh, are you going to ask me if I care? Uh, well, I mean, I did see a post on Twitter yesterday of you talking about whipping your dick out to Edgar Berlanga. Oh, is that right? Or is that
1: fake news? Well, I mean, anything can be taken out of context, Ken. (laughs) That's true. That's true. So you don't care? I I do not care at all about this
0: guy. I really don't. Yeah, neither do I. No interest whatsoever. None, but I think the people out there have interest in a pound for pound list. So let's end episode 357 and prepare for episode 358. Oh, yippee, Ken. Kaye, motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, we appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 357 of the Boxing Ramp podcast. Please subscribe anywhere audio podcasts are available. The video version will be up on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. And support the show, patreon.com, backslash Boxing Rant. Follow us on Twitter, at Vince Cummings 81, and at Kenny Keith Jr. We'll see you next time on the Boxing Rant Podcast. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. If anybody can get it.